This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by Armchair Critics of the Game. I'm your host Ajit. Today, as we've been really wanting to do this for a long time, we are very lucky to have an international cricketer gracing our podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Logan van Beek from the Netherlands. Hello, Logan. Hello, Ajit. Lovely to be here and I'm looking forward to chatting to you. Wonderful. It's it's been a long cherished dream of mine to actually talk to a current cricketer and who better than somebody from Netherlands. First of all, commiserations on that tough couple of games against New Zealand. I think uh, the Dutch team did really well, but uh, I mean both the both the games were just beyond your reach and I think I speak for a lot of us fans. Uh yeah, no, it, it was a tough series. We've had tough series all all summer. Um we played New Zealand in New Zealand at the start of the summer. We played West Indies, then we played England and uh just recently played New Zealand. Uh we had a, a little bit of a success in Zimbabwe to qualify for the T20 World Cup, but no, the the team, the squad have uh, definitely gained a lot of experiences over the summer by playing these top tier nations and some of the best players in the world. So, although the results are not necessarily going our way, we are gaining uh, lots of experience and the, I've just noticed over the last especially the last few weeks guys have made some major improvements and I'm I'm really looking forward to the Pakistan series next week. Absolutely. So, first let's start off with the high point of the summer at least for me. the world cup qualifiers where uh, you reach the finals and for sure we'll see you later on in the world cup right so take us through the journey of uh, the world cup qualifier from your perspective what was the expectations how did it go yeah so the expectations was to qualify for the world t20 world cup i think on paper we were we were tipped to qualify alongside with zimbabwe so how it kind of played out was how it should have really played out but as t20 is you know it just takes one or two players to have a day out and it can ruin the party so we went to zimbabwe uh, you know full of confidence that we could do it um we just hadn't been in a in a winning uh, rhythm with uh, with the odi series that would lead up to it but little did the, did we know that we actually had made some major strides um having played these major teams and once we got over to Zimbabwe everyone got clarity of role everyone got clarity of you know their game plans and the coach did a great job in in terms of creating themes for each game that we played and and we put on a clinic really we you know the four games that we won to qualify um there were a couple moments that that were uh that tested us a little bit but for the most parts were very clinical performances and and we were very proud of how we went about it and the final uh unfortunately we lost the toss and and bowled first and they they made the most of the, of the conditions and then by the time the the second innings came around it definitely had deteriorated and it became a lot more challenging but that you know still we still had our chances but as you know the, the Zimbabwe crowd were were 
were fantastic and you know the the pride and and the enjoyment they got out of Zimbabwe beating us uh, definitely felt like it was the right result at that on that day um, but you know we we got job done we got the job done and we came back to the to the Netherlands full of confidence look i, I remember you also did a start on in the final you took a 3 for i mean unfortunately it was trumped by a 4 for mm. by sikandar raza but um, i think you are in good bowling form these these couple of weeks leading up to you know the tour of uh, pakistan of the netherlands mm. so at least from us fans perspective we've we've seen that you've done really well for netherlands over the last couple of last couple of years so look 14 matches odis 19 wickets and then 18 wickets in t20is also you can bat a bit i think um, maybe you come in a bit lower down the order because of the batting strength netherlands has so from your perspective do you see yourself uh, contributing also with the bat for the netherlands team sometime shortly of course yeah and you know i bet i bet seven or eight and that's probably the position that uh, i bet in most teams and the way i play is is a reasonably positive brand and um you know i think it's something that i can definitely do in terms of finishing games and i something that i want to do as well so um i haven't quite had pro the innings that i would love to have during the summer but i'm you know working really hard to make sure that i am a, a major contributor uh for the netherlands team and and that's finishing off games whether that's uh finishing off the, in- the innings or that's winning the match so that's my goal to be that guy for the netherlands and you know this pakistan series and then leading to the world cup you know hopefully hopefully that <clears throat> my practice and everything comes to fruition and I, i can start doing that absolutely i i remember in the one of the games against new zealand um you went for a bit of tap in the 18th over but then you came back strong in the 20th you gave away only four runs something and you kept kept them to um something like uh, 148 the first, that was mm-hmm. the first ODA, first t20 i wasn't it mhm yeah it was it was really heartbreaking for me you know there was a very high likelihood we could have just chased that down that in all the matches this summer i was so hoping netherlands will clinch that game that was beautifully set up yes can you take us through that game yes yeah so that it was it, um it was another missed opportunity for for us and you know we were pretty disappointed after the match taking you through the match there were probably two overs in our in our bowling innings that uh, that we let slip and that was definitely my over uh, to Jimmy Nisham where he he hit 22 off the over and but thankfully I got him out in the last ball mm-hmm. um and then probably the the 19th over where uh, Clayton Foyd unfortunately got hit for a few boundaries as well so there were two two overs that went for 22 and I'm not sure what Clayton I think 18 or 19 um that definitely put the total maybe another 15 runs more than they should have mm-hmm. but still going into the batting innings we were we were we were confident that we could chase that down uh we had a bit of a horror start being 16 for 3 off four overs and you know that's that's definitely not the way that you you want to start a chase like that and uh, Scott Edwards and and Bustelator did well to get us back in the game but unfortunately we just didn't no one could stick with Bussy uh throughout the innings and he he played a superb superb innings and it just took a, another partnership with Bussy and um I was pretty disappointed you know myself that I you know had an opportunity to bat with Bussy and mm-hmm. um it's one of those things you 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 try and do your best in that in that moment and 
sometimes it goes your way, sometimes it doesn't. And you have to learn and, and live with the, what the result is. But definitely it was one that slipped away this, this summer. And, and, you know, I think, I think if we can get a win against Pakistan, that, that will give us a bit of a boost of energy and boost of confidence and, and know that all the hard work we've put in this summer, that, you know, there's the result there was a result that went our way and, and created a memory. So, yeah, it was, it was a matter of an, another partnership of more than, you know, 60 to uh, to clinch that game. And unfortunately, we couldn't put that together. Indeed. I mean, I remember looking at your bat in that game. And when you came in and Barcelona was around 30s, I think, I thought all Logan is to do is hit 15 quick runs or 20 quick runs, right? And you would probably yeah. cross the line. And I was sort of hoping you'll get one big shot away. It looked like you just needed one big hit of a spinner, maybe, and then you would get going. Maybe of your old friend Sodi or somebody. That's exactly right, Ajit. Um, and I think that was something that I reflected on after the game was, you know, thinking if I was to get a, a 30 or 15 and just take a bit of pressure off Bussy, that, that could have given the, the impetus to the innings and put a bit of pressure on, on the black caps. And, you know, I... I got done by a reasonably good ball and 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 Sodi has one of those up his sleeve every, every once in a while. So so it was disappointing not to not to to do it. But you you know, I I, I went out there with the best intentions and 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 um it's just one of those things, you know. I I it keeps me up at night sometimes when you think back to those games that you, you could have contributed, but again. It's it's just another game, and you you move on. You work hard to create another opportunity like that, and that's uh, that's how I pretty much play my cricket: is to create as many opportunities as I can, and hopefully one of them um, I take advantage of. I have a feeling there are more than a few coming your way in the rest of this year as well, Logan. Thank you, and you Thank will you, convert Andrew. a few of them, I think. Good, good man. Now, going a little back in time, what was it growing up in a? I must say. There is some pedigree in your family with your grandfather mm-hmm. playing international cricket for two teams, right? Yes. So, and then, you know, you yourself being an all-round sports person. So, you played basketball under-19 for uh, New Zealand, I remember. And then you also played cricket under-19, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So, no, just uh, my my grandfather played for the West Indies in New Zealand in, in cricket and he actually played in in New Zealand's first ever Test win uh, against the West Indies in 1956. Wow! <laughs> uh, so he he was uh, a a cricket uh, played. Well, he didn't get paid back then, but he was effectively a professional cricketer for for 15 years, mm-hmm. and uh, it was his you know first love, um, and that that love. Uh, he put on to me and and we played a lot of backyard cricket and he was always watching every single one of my cricket matches and so it was a bit of a natural cause um yeah natural cause that I would play cricket as well and and thankfully you know I, I was okay at it and and have been fortunate enough to make a career of it for the last 12 years so um he was a, a very big influence in, in why I play cricket today um, but it, yeah, like you said, cricket wasn't the only sport that I played as well. So I actually, my first year out of school, I played professional basketball up in Auckland uh, in New Zealand. And <clears throat> uh, I had to make a choice between cricket and basketball. And 
and cricket was my choice in the end and and I I haven't regretted it uh, ever since but uh, I I definitely had a goal of mine uh, when I was 18 that I wanted to play the under 19 cricket world cup and the under 19 basketball cup in the same year and that was a, a childhood dream of mine and and I managed to achieve that and I was you know pretty proud of myself to achieve that uh, we didn't necessarily do as well in the world cups but you know just to be able to play those two world cups in the same year was was pretty pretty special and um yeah i i love all sports you know i've, I've actually got quite into padel uh while i've been in in the netherlands ah, okay. and i'm a, a avid golfer i play as much golf as, as possible as well and and so <clears throat> yeah i'm going to be playing sport for as long as i possibly can and uh, if I can't play anymore, I'll be watching it. So um, I'm a bit of a, a, a sport tragic. You would say. Nah, come on. I mean, you'll probably be talking about it. I know you have your own podcast as well. So you're building up a bit of a portfolio there. You know, <laughs> many of your uh, former captains have made a successful transition into the commentary box. We've heard uh, Peter Boren for sure. And I think I recently heard Peter Saylor as well. Right. So, well, mm. there's another way, right? Where yes, you can enjoy your game outside of the playing uh, ground as well. Mm. But now, next question is, how did Netherlands come your way for a boy who grew up in Christchurch and probably played for New Zealand in multiple sports in age group level? How, yeah. how come you came to the Netherlands? Exactly. Great question. So my father's Dutch. So he, his parents were born in, in the Netherlands in, in the early 50s. Uh, the, the Netherlands offered free passage to New Zealand because after World War II there weren't many jobs in the in the Netherlands and in, in, in Europe in general, and so they offered a free passage to New Zealand, and he took it with both hands and brought his wife, my my grandmother, and they settled in the South Island of New Zealand and and started a farm and and did reasonably well. And my father was born in New Zealand, but the the way that uh, it worked back then is that if you know if your your parents are, are Dutch, then you can your your children can get mm-hmm. Dutch passports. And yeah, and then my my father was onto it when I was born. Um, he made sure that I had a Dutch passport as well. And so I I grew up having a Dutch passport, and it kind of sat there idling for for many years. And then in 2012. I came over and played for uh, mm-hmm. Haas SA in a, in a club season and actually debuted for the Dutch that season uh, in a CB40 match uh, wow. in Essex. And wow. and so that was my first taste of, of Dutch cricket, but I actually didn't officially qualify to play until 2014 because I had to wait four years after playing New Zealand under-19s before I could officially be a, a Dutch mm-hmm. local uh, I actually played as an overseas in 2012. And yeah, and so my first uh, Dutch game as a local was at the 2014 World Cup in Bangladesh. Mm-hmm. So I played, yeah, played in that 2014 World Cup. Then I played in the 2016 World Cup in, in India. And then in 2017, I actually played a club season in England and came over and played a few games for the Dutch against Zimbabwe. Uh, and then I came back and I actually moved from Canterbury, which I was playing for, to Wellington. And then for Wellington, I, I had my first season for Wellington. I had a, a very good season, ended up getting player of the year for Wellington, uh, which resulted in me being named in the New Zealand A-team. Uh, 
and I played a number of series for the, the New Zealand A team. And, and as I was kind of training, I was, you know, tracking towards uh, my ultimate goal of playing for New Zealand. And, and uh, unfortunately, through a number of uh, injuries and a couple, you know, not consistent performances, I kind of fell off a little bit off the, off the radar a little bit. Um, and so in 2021, after the pandemic and travel opened up, I, I got in touch with Brian Campbell, said, look, I, I'd love to get back involved with the Dutch and came over last year and played for BCC uh, in The Hague. And yeah, just kind of got back involved with the, the Dutch setup and had, I hadn't played for four years and just trained with the guys and, and try to put my best foot forward and um, the first series we had was the Ireland series and and managed to get player of the series for that. And yeah, just started started off my rekindle of my my Dutch career as 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 well as I could have. And um yeah, unfortunately we went to the World Cup in October last year and had a had a very unsuccessful tournament and we can all admit that none of us played well there. And so that flowed into played another season for Wellington. That obviously flowed into the New Zealand series that was in New Zealand. And yeah, this is an unprecedented summer of cricket that the Netherlands are having this year with, with the West Indies, with England, with going to Zimbabwe, with the Black Caps coming and now the, and now Pakistan coming. And so I would be uh, stupid not to get involved and, and, and play all the series and, and bring my wife, over as well for her to enjoy life in the Netherlands and yeah it's been a it's been a very enjoyable summer although it has been tough at times in terms of the the games and and not winning as as much but the the learnings that we've had you know the growth that we've made as a team and and it's gone through a transition this year with Pete Saylor retiring and and Scott Edwards taking over from the the helm and obviously Ryan Cook coming in um, and taking over from mm-hmm. from Ryan Campbell, it's um, yeah. There's definitely a, a new feel, and obviously a number of younger guys making their debuts. So, from the team that I played with in 2014, there's I think there's only in the T20 side there's only uh, Steph Myberg is the only person that played in that same side. Yeah. Oh, and Tom, Tom Cooper, Cooper well. sorry. Yeah. Yes, 2014. Uh, but but yeah, before that, I played every game with Peter Boren and and Pete Saylor. And so it was uh, definitely a, a different feel to the team, but it's a very exciting feel now with the, with the players that we've, we've got. And, and um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much uh, in short or in, in the not so many words, how I came about playing for, for the Netherlands and, and still, uh, still playing now and, and hopefully playing for, for as long as I possibly can. Indeed. Lovely. I think the Dutch team really appreciates what you bring to the team as well. And uh, well, as I said, later in the year, you'll get a chance to also put some results for yourself as well as the team up there. Mm. Now, yes. the question is, uh, would would you like to take us through a typical day for you? Let's say there's a game uh, coming up later in the week. It's like Friday and now we're talking Monday, Tuesday. What would you do? How does your day look like on such a day? Yeah, well, I can take you through what's happening this week. So we we uh, we trained today. So today's training was at two o'clock, and so I I woke up I wake up around eight o'clock. I like my sleep, mm-hmm. so I don't really I don't tend to try and wake up too early. I like to 
get as much as sleep as possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went to the gym and I've got the uh, a number of very cricket-related exercises that I do during the season. I haven't really had an off-season for a, a while now, so I don't necessarily do uh, a lot of big weights. Mm-hmm. And so there's a number of... of um, of lower intensity, but still movement-based uh, ex- exercises I do. And it normally takes me between 45 minutes to an hour to do that. Okay. Uh, here in the Netherlands, I, I get to bike to the gym, which is fantastic. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, bike home. I normally uh, normally have a, a decent breakfast after that and something that will set me up for the day. And mm-hmm. in terms of a lot of carbs and a lot of uh, energy-rich food, uh, new foods that, yeah, that I, that I have and, and so around about uh, 11.30, I, I, have, I go and leave. And I'm, I'm a bit of a driver for a couple of the boys. So I pick up Tim Pringle from uh, Haas They Say, mm-hmm. Tom Cooper from Den Haag Central, and uh, Ariane Dutch. And so right. take them through to VRA. Uh, we get to VRA. And today we, we got there at 2 o'clock. We had a, a, a meeting with, with pretty much the, the wider Netherlands squad and we went through and uh, everyone kind of spoke about their learning so far throughout the the ODI series that we've had to date and then then we look forward to uh, Pakistan where we we uh, analysts goes through a bit of a scouting report uh, and we discuss any kind of high level things that we think we should be aware of mm-hmm. uh, so that our trainings are, are super focused and then from three to six today uh, we had a, a middle net, oh, a middle uh, setup where we had a number of um, different drills and different scenarios for guys, and then we had two other nets set up for for just volume batting and bowling mm-hmm. as well. Um, and so then, yeah, I got back. Took me about an hour or so to get back after dropping off the guys, and then um, I was very thankful of my wife that made me dinner <laughs> as I as I walked the, the door this evening. And yeah, that's a, a normally a typical day would consist of a, at least a three hour training. So we've got another three hour training tomorrow morning from 10 to one. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'll have a pretty relaxed afternoon. Friday is a, a day off, which will be needed. And then Saturday we'll play a club game, VCC versus I think Haas they say this week. Okay. Sunday will be a day off, but I'll probably have a bit of a recovery session on Sunday morning. Monday, I will do a, a gym session in the morning and then have a light training with the guys. And then we, we by then, have done all the prep and all the prepara- um, yeah, preparations for the game and, and get into it on, on Tuesday at, at VOC in Rotterdam. Perfect. So, very interesting day. Uh, so, you do a little bit of driving around for the boys as well, apart from your gym training. Yeah. So, if, if you can give us fans a little bit of an inside look to go a little deeper so when you say a scout report are you allowed to tell us what sort of things i'm not going to ask about players or teams can you talk in general about what you guys look at uh, when you let's say you're going to play a team next week right so whatever so just if really top down would you be able to tell me what you guys focus on because i want to take this away as a learning from my own club team forget at the highest level it's still yeah. applicable at the lowest level isn't it yeah of course of course yeah so what we look at, so I'm a bowler primarily, and, and what I look at at batsmen is, is I will look at their wagon wheels from the past kind of 10 or so games and see where they're predominantly where 
they're scoring their boundaries, uh, their ones and twos, just on a kind of looking at a, at a wagon wheel. Uh, and then I look at a number of videos. Um, and so I normally start with their boundaries to see what, how they, what kind of boundaries. Are they very strong square? Are they very strong straight? Do they walk across their stumps? Do they use their feet? Do they lap? Um, and so you're just kind of going through their boundaries. And then I'll go through their dots uh, and wickets after mm. that. So I kind of, ones, dots and wickets and, and get an idea of how do you, you know, where is the best ball to bowl to a certain batsman? So is it four stump? You know, do they, do they tend to um, have a little bit of trouble outside four stump or is it very straight? Um, do they, you know, do I set a pretty straight field? Normally after watching a bit of video, I get, I always finish off with a positive, you know, how they get, out you know how do i bowl a dot to them um and so there might be little notes where this guy stands very leg side of the ball uh, and he wants he's just wanting width so off stump can be almost width to these types of guys who stand leg side of the ball so you you almost think all right i've got to be a bit more middle stump here um because he's just trying to hit on the offside whereas another person might be very strong off their legs and so I'm going to go, all right, well, maybe my general stock ball line will be four stump. And that's where I'm going to aim predominantly. Then there's little things like, do they pull up? And so, you know, the bouncer might be in play. Um, you know, Yorker might be in play early. Do they fall over their, themselves early doors? So an LBW might be a, a chance early doors. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you're just looking for a little kind of, Things that you know that might be a one percenter in your in your advantage, but as it goes, you know you can't get too in depth in depth with it because you can kind of get too much um, preconceived ideas of of how they're going to play and they're going to hit you here and um, you know I just need to bowl this ball and it'll be fine. But the nature of cricket is that every time you play, the wicket's different, the conditions are different, the boundary sizes are different. You're bowling to different players in different situations. And so you've got to have your plans and have things that you, you know, you, that you want to do. But for the most part, you've got to be adaptable and, and, and know what the conditions are doing on that given day. Where's the wind? What way is the wind going? Is the pitch dry? Are slower balls more in play right now? Uh, it's not swinging. Okay, we need to get the ball uh, roughed up to try and, you know, get it reversing. Today, am I an attacking role or am I more of a holding role for the spinners? And, you know, what types of fields do I need right now to get a dot ball? So that is the, probably the biggest learning for, for anyone is that, yes, do your scouting, do your due diligence and, and try and, and know what your opposition is going to be like. But, but don't be too uh, stringent on, I have to do this plan because this is what I've seen in other games. You have to be uh, aware, you have to be present in what's happening right now and what is required of me right now and what is the best option right now. Uh, it's another matter of executing that, but at least you're, you're giving yourself the best chance and you've got the best plan for that given moment. And so um, that's from a bowling perspective. And then from a batting perspective is it's just understanding what the actions look like what type of slow balls do they have? Do they have an off cutter or, or a leg cutter or a knuckle ball or back of the hand? Mm -hmm. um, you know, do they swing it in or out? Do they come wide of the crease? When do they bowl? 
certain bowlers at certain times. When are you going to bat? So which bowlers will you tend to face? How are you going to hit them? What are my boundary options? Yada, yada, yada. But again, once you get out there, what are the conditions? What What's happening? Is it a flat wicket so I can trust them more? Is it turning big so I need to play a bit more square? Is it, you know, is the type of field very straight? So I've, you know, got to somehow, you know, use my feet to get them off their, off their lines and things like that. So the moral of the story is that you do your work, but then also be what your plan is, what is the best option for that given day on that given pitch in those given conditions. And that's, if you, if you do that, even in training, you know, if you rock up to training, what's the type of pitch you got there today? Is it a green one? Is it a new one? So, all right, if it's green and new uh, and I've got a new ball in my hand, all right, I've got to make this count. I've got to bowl a touch fuller to try and bring the slips into play. Mm-hmm. Or have I turned up a training and it's, and it's an old used wicket and I've been given a new ball? Okay, maybe I'm not trying to swing it as much. I'm just trying to go cross seamers to get a little bit of variation in, in the pitch. Um, and so by doing that in training, you actually learn how to read the pitch, how to read the conditions. What's the batsman doing to you right now? And then, you know, when you get into the game, you're, you're so used to doing that during trainings that it's, it just becomes second nature. Absolutely. So that was the one I was going to go for. The line and lens you would bowl, also the shots of certain lens, what sort of shots you would go for from certain lens. I, I'm assuming you almost train yourself until it becomes second nature or muscle memory, right? Exactly. That's one thing. So now if I were to make it a little uh, less, you know, cricket oriented, but about Logan, the man, do you have any good friends in the team? I think you took a few names whom you ride with on car, no pressure on you, but do you have any people in yeah. the team whom you consider friends and you would also hang out with when there's no game time? Uh, the, the cool thing about the team is that, you know, that there are a number of guys that I really enjoy hanging out with. And, and so it's something that, um, it's quite easy in the, in the Dutch team. And the, the cool thing as well is that we've all got different backgrounds. You know, we've got Scott Edwards, who was born in Australia. We've got Max O'Dowd, who's, who was born in New Zealand. Uh, Fred Klaassen is born in New Zealand. Um, you know, you've got some of the younger guys, Sharice uh, and, and Musa, both got Pakistan heritage. You've got uh, Vikram and, and Aryan, who've got Indian heritage. Uh, Tom Cooper, Australian, uh, a couple of South Africans, and obviously then a number of Dutch-born players as well that have that come through. So the cool thing is that the, the our common our common um, thing that we all relate to is cricket, and so that's that's great. But as well, the the great thing is that everyone brings a different flavour to to conversations, the, uh, all different age groups, and different life stages, and so. It's um, it's definitely a good mix of guys, which which is enjoyable. And, and when we get into the hotels, and um, you know, there's uh, certain guys will gravitate to you know familiar surroundings in terms of certain uh, groups in the team. But for the most part, uh, you know, it's it's a very unique team where you know there's not many egos mm-hmm. in the team, which is which is very refreshing. Uh, I've been in, in a number of teams where there has <laughs> been egos and and. Um, you know they can they can be disruptive at times, but it's the the great thing about this Dutch team is is that it feels like every time we are together we're we're trying to make each other better, 
And so from a social point, you know, we play Bedell, we play cards, uh, you know, we might go out for a couple of beers, mm -hmm. you know, there's, we go for lunches, we go for coffees a lot. Coffee club is, is a very common thing. And yeah, we, we like to give each other, you know, a bit of, a bit of, uh, ribbing as well. We, you know, we pretty much in a, in a, in a, in the cricket team, you're trying to, you know, one up guys. And, uh, if we can pull some pranks, if we can, if we can, you know, have a bit of a laugh about, uh, you know, about ourselves and it's, it's good fun. So no, I'm, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying my time with the Dutch. Wow. Lovely to, lovely to hear that. Now, what do you do when you're not playing any cricket? Suppose you have a lengthy layoff, 15, 20 days of your break time, your between seasons, let's say you told, you did tell us you did not have a whole lot of uh, off season, but suppose there is an off season no. for you. What would you do? What do you enjoy doing for yourself? What are your hobbies, if I may ask? Yes. Uh, so my, my hobbies are travel. So as much as I can, I, I, I'd love to, to travel with my wife. She's, uh, she loves traveling as well. So we, we, we try and, try and uh, tick off as many countries as we possibly can. And we, uh, one of the things that we value is, is, is experiences. And so uh, we're more than happy to, to say yes to things uh i love you know i love uh, dinner parties i love hosting dinner parties and 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 sharing drinks and and dinner with friends uh, that's something that i really enjoy doing uh i i love playing golf and and padel like uh, i mentioned mm -hmm. before uh but i'm also i'm a keen keen reader as well and and i love to to read books and um I'm reading an autobiography at the moment, but then I can just as easily go into to fiction uh, or to into self-help books or, you know, it's um, something that I get a, a lot of pleasure out of as well as, as reading. So that probably, if you find me on an off day, I'm probably do, doing one of those things. And uh, yeah, other, other than that, it's probably just lying on the couch and, and watching some sport on TV. Wow, yes. You did tell us you were also very much uh, interested in sports. You would at least watch it if you can't really play it yourself. Mm. Lovely, lovely to hear. Uh, a very multifaceted person, not just on the field, but also off the field. Mm. You you do some coaching yourself. Do you like that? Uh, so I'm, I'm not. Uh, coaching is probably not something that I do. Uh, I am more than happy to, to help our guys uh, in the team and um, you know, if there's, if there's coaching clinics that, you know, need a bit of help, of course, I'd, I'd come along and, and, and do it, but I don't think it will be in my future. Um, mm -hmm. the, the nature of it is obviously I, you know, you spend in 10, 15 years on a career of cricket and it'd be a pity not to be involved in the game in some capacity. Uh, and you know, you never know, coaching might be one of those things, but I think uh, I'm probably more interested in, in teams and and the dynamics between the teams and mm. um and so that's the part that i that i enjoy a bit more is is how's the team working together you know how's ever the individuals getting the most out of themselves um and how can we unlock the that potential that, that guys have with, within themselves and how can we bring all the team together to be moving in the, in the right direction so I think if I am involved in cricket, it'll be it'd be more on a, on a teams and culture, uh, well-being perspective, and um, that is probably the path that I'm going down. And 
And yeah, I started my podcast, follow through with LVB. And that was mm-hmm. a, a journey of, of finding out how, how other athletes go about, you know, their, their journey and, and the, how they got through ups and downs and how they um, are able to perform in, in pressure moments. And, and I've had a number of conversations now with, with cricketers and shot putters and um, blind swimmers and netballers and rugby players and, um, it's it's been a, a really enjoyable process of, of listening to their journeys and and getting to know how other sports do it and and funny enough that's it's very similar to what happens in a, in a cricket match it's, um there's a lot of similarities between sports people and and the the major one is that everyone goes through their ups and downs no one's perfect no one's had a linear a linear uh, way to the top uh, and even when guys get to the top they you know people, will find their way a few uh, ways again, a few blips in their, in their careers and, and having to pick themselves back up. And um, yeah, so I think going forth, I think it, it's first of all, giving that energy to my teammates and in, in terms of how can I help them um, be the best that they can be and, and make sure that they're rowing in the same direction. And then, once my cricket playing career is finished, uh, whether I, I move into a, a corporate environment and, and try and use the skills that I've learned to benefit teams in the corporate environment. And, and if I'm drawn back to cricket or if there's opportunities which that excite me in that, in that space, then I'll, I'll, I'll move into that opportunity as well. So, yeah, that's, that's where I'm heading. Wonderful. You seem to have a fairly clear idea, but those days are still a few years away, I'm sure. They are, they are. Before we let you go, first of all, we would like to say thanks to you for giving us the time and, you know, letting us take a peek at what Logan Van Beek is all about. Mm. Uh, I'm sure it tickles all our fans as well that, uh, you know, there is another cricketer who also does his own podcast. So I recommend your podcast, follow through with LVB to all our fans because there are some wonderful cricketers who've been, Susie Bates has been on, Gary Kirsten has been on, mm. Devin Conway, I see, uh, Grant Elliott, right? So a lot of, lot of very, very good people if you are a fan of cricket, but as he says, plenty of other sports people as well. Some very, very interesting episodes, I must say. So it, it's it's sometimes a very thorough chat, uh, sometimes an hour, an hour and more, and even two hours. There are episodes which are that long. So very, very compelling listen. So I recommend this podcast to all our listeners. And of course, as I said, uh, we would love to have you some point in time again. Maybe next time we talk more about the ongoing cricket as well. But I think this was a beautiful chat. Thank you very much, Logan. Ajit, no, it was a pleasure to be on your podcast. And I wish you all the best uh, through uh, your journey of uh, the Armchair podcast. And uh, I will definitely make sure I, I'll tune into a, a number of episodes as well. Thank you very much. And, uh, well, we wish all our fans a good day, wherever they may be listening from. Bye-bye. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast.